Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Briar Moss can curse in five different languages. We mostly curse in English, so if you're listening around English speakers, you may want to make sure they're okay with curses. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading the first chapter of Briar's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's get nasty. So before our listeners start to think badly of us, let's recap Briar's book and explain what that means. We got sewer time. We got extended, interesting descriptions of the sewer system. Yes. Briar has a dream that he is stealing a bunch of emeralds and then Sandry wakes him up to tell him that he should pick a birthday and he is in a wagon on his way to Erda's house which is in the mire which is the probably literally shitty poor part of town. Erda's house is the very cheap medical center. Yeah. And Rose Thorn is bringing medicines there. Briar gets to run around with his street rat friends and he is looking for his friend Flick and she's not there. There's a couple other kids there and they bring Briar to Flick in the sewer system. He gets there and she's naked. She's just got a wrap around her belly. Mm -hmm. Briar calls to Rosethorn using the plants and Rosethorn comes down to the sewers and looks at Flick, and she's trying to remain calm, but Briar can tell that she's very worried. And the chapter ends with her asking him to connect her to Nico and the girls who are visiting Duke Beatrice. Step one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and disliked about the chapter. As you guys have already seen, I have a lot of notes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So who wants to go first? 
I guess I can go ahead and go. Yeah. One of my first things that I really liked was when Sandry told Briar that he needs to pick a birthday because everybody else has a birthday and he needs one. And I thought it was super cute. I like that he was irritated by it, but he's like, she's going to just keep bugging me about it. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And maybe I'll pick something in the green months. That way I can use the excuse. I got to go work on stuff. So cut this short. I got, I got stuff to do. So he, he's willing to appease her, but he's going to try to make it where he, it doesn't have to be a big thing. So yeah, it's super cute. And demanding Briar choose a birthday is a very Santry thing to do. Yes. <laughs> it really is. And then I also liked all these different parts where he is noticing that he is a lot different from how he used to be. What, what is Allie Pup? Is that the kid's name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the candle. He smells like a bad smell. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's how that used to be. He noticed that he was getting dirty. He's like, I've never noticed this. I would have never noticed this before. Or when he has to catch himself from slipping, he touches the wall. He's like, I better wash my hands before I eat again. So he's noticing all these things. I will boil my my hand (laughs) before I eat again. And it's like, uh, he wants to try to still act like he's still this street kid and... No, you're not. You you have changed so much, which I thought yeah. was really cute. There are a few things that I disliked about this chapter where Tamara Pierce decides to explain all these little things. These thieves can't like kid is a word for child. Like, no shit. You don't say or <laughs> my mate. Well, it means that person's a, a really close friend. I'm like, yes, we know this. We're not dumb. I feel like she puts more explanation into the thieves camp than she did with Dodge's people. I like the way that she did it with Dodge's. Explaining but not making you feel stupid. In this one, it's like, no shit. These are what these words mean. Duh. I did not like that. In my experience, there's kind of a love-hate relationship between the fandom and this. Half of the fandom is like, I think it's adorable and I laugh hysterically. And the other half is like, oh my god, why? Why? You don't have to tell us in every single book that kid also means baby goat. (laughs) Right? I feel like that may have been like very distinct artistic choice. Not necessarily for us in the English speaking language, but if we were reading this story in the universe, if this was an actual book in Emelon, she would have to explain that to the reader. I understand that, but she could explain it a lot better like she did with Trader Talk. With Trader Talk, she explained it, but it was explained to where you didn't feel stupid. Like, okay, that's some nice information to know. With this, it's out of nowhere. And like, hey, this is what this means. You don't have to explain it. It's interesting, but it's it's like weird because she gives, I feel the same amount of explanation for those words as she does for the Trader Talk words. But since we, as English-speaking people, know what the majority of the street red kids' words are, it feels like it's too much. It's an interesting choice. I think it was done as a method of world building, as a way to tell you that even though those these words are familiar to us, 
They are low class words within this society, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it works. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I get that's what she was doing, but I don't know. It's is very annoying. I did not like it. It's never bothered me, but I think that's because when I was a kid, I didn't really notice it. But I think it's easier to catch those little things when you're an adult. Since I've already loved these books, I don't really notice it. But I think it's completely valid to be annoyed by it. It's kind of Sandry and Briar's relationship. They've gotten so close. Briar knows that if he were to try to berate Sandry for like waking him up and stuff, be mad, try to get her to like apologize or something, that it's just not going to work out. No. He just kind of has to give up and be like, okay, it's fine. I'll pick a birthday. Because he knows if he tries to fight it like he used to, it's not going to work. Yeah. Like they just know each other that well. Sandry does not give up even when it's, you know, the sort of what he would consider silly stuff. I also liked how Rose Thorne gives Briar time to just go hang out with his street friends. Like she doesn't have him on a tight leash the whole time. She knows that he's got friends in the city and they're going to go do street kid things and She's okay with it, as long as he comes back on time. And yes. speaks proper around her. Also, I wrote down Magic Flashlight from Triss's little light yes. ball that thing. Is that the same rock thing that they made for Sandry, or did they just make multiples? I got the impression that it wasn't the same one, that it was another one that Triss made later. And yeah. the way he talks about it, he says, my mate Triss made it. So it sounds like she did it by herself, which I yeah. think is a representation of how their power has grown from being spun together as well as Triss gaining control over her abilities. Is this yes. almost like six months after Dodge's book, right? Because it's almost summertime and Dodge's book was in the winter, right? Oh, I thought he said that they were waiting for spring to come. I'm like 90% sure it's before spring. Even for Sap Moon, the weather was vile. Gusting winds tugged at Briar's cover. Icy rain pelted the cloth. Everyone who had pinned their hopes on an early spring now drooped as they went about their days. I get the impression that it's somewhere in winter. Mm. Maybe towards the end of winter, so maybe like the end of February. Yeah, it's like with the whole groundhog thing. where They're like, oh, I hope winter or spring comes early, but it may or may not. It just kind of... So it hasn't even been a year yet, then. Mm -mm. It's not even been a year since they've met and carried on, so... I love the dream that Briar's having. Obviously not the ending of it where he's... I just love that image of him basically going out in the woods and playing and like communing with nature. And I just, as someone who randomly will go, you know what, fuck this, I'm going to go play in the woods and do randomly go play in the woods. I relate to that. I thought it was kind of weird that he dreamed of emeralds because in the first book, <clears throat> it was like he didn't really care about those. The green of plants was where it was at. And now yeah. he's playing with emeralds. It's like... Well, okay. I I like emeralds though. You'd rather uh, as, as someone who as someone who has dwelled into like dreams and what they mean. This is all speculation, obviously, but I think it's it's very symbolic because he talks about giving the green of a living plant over emeralds any day, and he has these emeralds sitting in his lap. Emeralds are not cheap. Especially yeah. not in this setting. They they are pretty expensive. And so he's rich. Because he's like, in a tree, he's surrounded by plants. 
Yeah. And he's got these emeralds, which are symbolic of being rich or having a wealth of forms. And because he's sitting in the woods and playing around, I like to think he's rich with the knowledge because the trees are talking to him and telling him secrets. That's why I think it's more of a symbolic of wealth. That makes sense. And yeah. So he's rich because of the nature he has surrounded himself with. That makes perfect sense. I really like the emeralds because of the callback to the line in book one. Yes. I I also really like that. I was going to say, I think it might be like a combo of both monetary wealth and also knowledge wealth. Yeah. With the fact that he basically gets snatched up and thrown into jail, it's also a callback of his old life and the things that he used to do. He would look for emeralds if he could. There's a lot of symbolism in dreams. And I just, I feel like this one was beautifully done. I love that he's dreaming about stealing things. And then Sandry wakes him up and he says, Sandry, I was having the best dream. Yeah. Most books that start where it's like, oh, this person's dreaming. Most books that start like that are not well done. There are some that it's very beautifully written and it's definitely fitting for how the book starts. This has always stood me like stood out to me to be one of those really well done. That's way too great. Like, dream sequence openings because it's a paragraph and i don't have to read like six pages and it's like oh then he woke up that's venting about a completely different set of book series i do love where tris is like hey pick a birthday and he's like but why and she's like because i'm gonna keep pestering you until you do fine i'll think of something fuck off This one I'm actually going to read because I really like how it's written. He wished that his teacher, the Earth Temple Dedicate Rose Thorn, didn't come here, but she took her vows to serve the poor seriously. He had only once suggested that they stop bringing the medicines they made to this place. After she finished her answer, he decided never to bring it up again. I love that. Rose Thorn would be like, listen here, you motherfucker. You were in the same place as these people. Shut the fuck up and do what I tell you to do. That's it. I don't need your opinions. I thought that was really interesting because she doesn't tell us what Rose Thorn said. We have a pretty good idea of what a tongue lashing she'd give him for saying something like that. The scene where he's talking about Rose Thorn and like kind of describing Rose Thorn. Oh, it just, he loves her so much. Did he have a crush on her at some point? It kind of comes across that way, but it also kind of comes across the, I'm not going to call her my mother. So, like, it could easily be taken two different ways. I can see it also being as kind of a crush growing into more of a mother-son relationship. Yeah. Also, the way Rose Thorne's hair is described in that scene, there's a comedian I saw. She said something like, you know I'm a lesbian, because I have a side mullet. And this made me think of that. And this is why Rose Thorne is gay. Fight me. Fight me. That's a <laughs> challenge to literally any of our listeners and all three of you. Fight me. Rose Thorne's gay. She's a lesbian. She's a bean. You know, that is a very, very viable option. And I will accept that as someone else's opinion. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have, I am okay. Okay, we are sidetracking here. Sexualities. I genuinely think that Lark is somewhere on the romantic scale. So whether it's biromantic or something like that, because I do feel like even if Rose Thorne and Lark aren't actually together. They have such tender moments. And again, I know I've said this before. If you can't be gay with your best friend, are they really your best friend? Look at me and Brittany. Just saying. You can't seem gay with your best friend. You're doing it wrong. I do feel like Rose Thorne is more on the women's side of that spectrum. But I'm not going to lie. My first ship ever ever first ship was frost pine and rose thorn it made sense to me it makes a lot of sense really because she's very stern and kind of uptight and he's just like let's go i like the so chill. Idea. rose thorn and frost pine buddy cop movie yes <laughs> i love it also also i will state this now Lark has two hands. Rose Thorn has two hands. Exactly. I think so most like, of the characters have two hands. <laughs> they have two hands. Now, you can speculate what I mean on shipwise for that, but listen, Lark has two hands. Anyway, since I got like super off topic about gay, dive back into this. The way that he describes Rose Thorn is just really cute. Briar once thought she was her name, as pretty as a rose, as quick to bite as a thorn, before he scolded himself for romancing and sh- shoved the notion out of his brain. Whatever else he thought, Rose Thorn was a plant mage, his teacher in the gardener's and herbalist arts. And that's kind of where it comes across like, come across like it's that weird, muddy waters of a crush becoming a motherly like figure he loves her so much he talks about her so dreamily she's home (laughs) i don't know i kind of read it as like it was a crush but he's like this is inappropriate i can't think this way about my teacher so i'm gonna crush these and then he met his friend flick and i feel like he has maybe a crush on flick now and so those feelings subsided for Rose Thorn, and he's more focused on Flick now. Okay, that makes sense. Another one I really like is the conversation between Ali Pup and Briar. He's like, I, I never knew my ma. She died when I was young. The girls at the uh, the temple, you know, they're they're kind of like sisters. They're complicated, though. The Ali, Pump's, uh, Ali Pup's response of just, mages are complicated. <laughs> conversation between flick and briar where briar's like hey have you have you bathed and she's like what do you think they're gonna let me do dip my toes in with all of the drunks <laughs> it's just like oh oh she's it's, grumpy because she's sick it is tough for a street kid out there it really is 
I'm going to mention this one, but I'm going to mention it later as well. Rose Thorne looking over Flick and her saying, Just hold still, she told Flick, her sharp voice gentle for once. I try not to kill anyone who's already sick if I can help it. I relate to Rose Thorne on such a deep and spiritual level. I found that line so funny coming from Rose Thorne, but Flick and Allie Pup were already terrified about her coming there. <laughs> she yeah. just said something like, like no, that. you're not helping the situation. You're not helping stop. Terrified of you being there, and you're saying that you're gonna try to not kill them. You are not helping the situation. <laughs> I think that was as close to trying to comfort them as Rose Thorn gets. I thought it was hilarious, but that was not helpful at all. Basically, when I read this chapter, just picked out all sorts of little details, many of which I hadn't really noticed before. I know that it annoys Brittany, but when she talks about what the word mates means, she phrases it in a way that very similar to how Daja says Sati. Mm -hmm. So for Briar, it's not just like, oh, they're my friends. It's like, those girls are my really, really, really close friends. They're Sati. My absolute favorite part of this chapter and one of my favorite things in this whole series is how Briar communicates with Rosethorn through the plants. That was amazing. Yes. It is my favorite use of magic. It is so cool. It was really cool. I really like that. Yeah. When Rosethorn tells Briar to speak proper, she's like, oh, every time we come here, you'd think that we hadn't taught you how to speak proper or all... All our training on how to speak proper has gone out the window or something. When we talked to Rebecca and Joan from Tortala Nights, they talked about parts where Rose Thorne is like chastising Briar for his dialect. And this is one of those parts. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. If you asked a linguist, they would say, no, that's a good thing. He's bi-dialectical. Which I think is actually really neat. Yeah. Because he's kind of viewed as the dumbest of the group. I hate saying that because like I don't think the least book that. smart? No, just or... he like, he has street smarts and that's kind of how everybody labels him. That's all he has. What he's learning now is that's what's making him smart. This kid survived from the ages of six to ten four. on the streets. Oh, yeah, four. Sorry, four to ten. That's six years. That's where I got the six. I'm sorry. But he survived on the streets for six years, basically on his own. Yes, we talk about he has street smarts. If you fuck up, you're dead on the streets. Yeah, that's like me throwing Malia out to the streets right now and expecting her to survive. I don't think that would be happening. Yeah, no. So people kind of put him in a box of he's the dumb one. I hate when the fandom does shit like that because he might not be book smart, which I mean, later on, he, he very quickly picks up how to read and you see it in this book more so than any of the others because it's focused around him. You see he has a very quick and adaptable mind. It it frustrates me so much because he doesn't have 
proper education, but he's not stupid. I want to say I think the only one who has a quicker mind than he does is Daja. Because he sees a scene, he sees the next possibilities, and he acts purely on probability of the situation. Insanely smart. I will fight anybody who calls Briar Moss stupid or dumb. I will fight them. I am not scared. Pull up, motherfucker. <laughs> Indy is very fighty today. I, you know, actually, I think I am. Speaking of Briar's past, this is something I did not notice until this read. It says that his mom was knifed at the inn where she worked. I really want to know if that is Pierce slyly referring to her being a prostitute. Actually, it it would completely make sense. That was like, a I that mean, I got. Yeah. When you're dirt poor, you kind of do what you got to do. And with the time period that we've kind of roughly pinned this down to, that was a time where prostitution was kind of rampant. It's it's said in a way where if my nine-year-old sister read that, that wouldn't cross her mind. It didn't cross my mind until like this last couple of readings that I did. So then there's when he is examining Flick. After asking her permission and getting it, he lifted her belly band or whatever. But I was just like, consent! Consent! Mm -hmm. Consent is important. Remember fries. And he still knows to ask consent first. Yeah. Yeah. These are things that Tamara Pierce teaches young children in her books. Consent. Check. Everything else is related to now that we are going through a pandemic ourselves. I'm sure that I understood on some level the reasoning behind some of the things that they're saying and doing, but it's really even more clear now that I've been through some of this. Briar asks Flick if they've been boiling their water and says disease can pass through water and she's like oh but we got it at this pump that's good and it made me think of the broad street pump in london 19th century there was a cholera outbreak there was a guy named john snow who figured out that the water at this one specific water pump had been contaminated and that was what was causing the cholera cases. This is so real. And then at the end, when Rose Thorne is asking Allie Pub, like, who else has been here? And he's like, just me, but I've been out in the town. And she says, well, we're going to have to make a list of who you've interacted with. I was like, hey, contact tracing. And also Briar has his knives back. Yes. Somehow. He somehow got knives. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Part two. This is where we read like a dedicate and look for a theme or a message that we have found in the chapter. What theme or message did y'all find in the chapter? Caring for others. I mean, I I feel like that's the super obvious one is caring for others. Putting aside your own comfort because Rose Thorne is like, this is gross. We're going to have to just like bleach the child (laughs) before he's allowed to come into that. Just bleach bath just make sure that he is clean and sterile and no longer disgusting and she's just like i'm gross and i hate this but she puts all of that aside to care for this girl even with her i try not to kill people if they're already sick i always took that as she's trying to be comforting but she doesn't quite know how to be comforting to people that she's not around constantly so like she's just like yeah this seems like a good thing to say found the same theme I feel like another passage of that is when Allie Pup is telling Briar, hey, Flip told me to bring you because she's sick. Briar is discomforted, but he goes anyway. He's checking himself for knives to make sure they're all there first, which, of course, that's a Briar thing to do. That is a Briar thing. He still goes to check on his friend to make sure that she is okay, even if it is not his specialty. It's also taking care of your own with that one because Flick is his people. Rose Thorne and Lark and the girls, they're his people. But Flick is also one of his people. Mm-hmm. And so he's looking out for his own. He wants to take care of his own. Even if he doesn't have the answers, he knows someone who does. Yeah. Which is also a branch of caring for others. <laughs> I was really between that one and the the theme of change because the last book had this kind of duality of Daja's two lives budding up against each other. And now we're seeing it with Briar. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because it's happening in a very different way because Daja wanted 
her old life and couldn't have it. Whereas Briar is still sort of in his old life, but starting to realize that he doesn't entirely like it. All of the little things where he's like, oh, I forgot that candles smell so much worse than oil lamps. And he's thinking about how he's getting dirty. Alley Pup doesn't have shoes. He just has muddy rags wrapped around his feet. And I feel like there was a line somewhere in the first book or a bit somewhere in the first book where Briar didn't want to wear shoes. Um, I think so. He's changed a lot in the six to nine months that he's been at Winding Circle. Sandry asking him to pick a birthday is kind of part of that. He's like, why would I need a birthday? Because this is the way that people like us live. Whereas Daja was trying to bring her two lives together, sort of. Briar is kind of standing at a crossroads as they're slowly splitting apart and trying to figure out which direction he's going to go. Yes. Mine was very similar. It was just change and really change within Briar. You pretty much, I mean, named mostly the example. The one that stuck out in my mind was the candle smell. That smell of animal fat burning for the lamp that Alley Pup turned on. It just got him to thinking about all the hard work that went into making that oil smell good at the temple. Chopping up the herbs and mixing it and all that was kind of worth it. And that he's grown accustomed to that. Same thing with, oh, I'm going to have to boil my hands in water after this. Like after touching all the disgusting sewer walls. The same person who once refused to take a bath. Like I'm going to get sick if I take a bath. Exactly. It's pretty much a full 180 from that. Yeah. Like you said, the conversation with Sandry, he just kind of knows that if he doesn't go along with this or make an attempt at this, that Sandry's still just going to keep pounding him. And instead of getting into an argument with her, he's just like, okay, I'll do it. I will think about a birthday and not argue with you about it. Part three is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? Personal magic that I pulled out of this was uh, to keep tabs on your friends. Briar, you know, immediately when they were pulling up to Erda's house, realized that Flick wasn't there. And he's like, she usually always shows up. What's going on? And he looked into it, saw the other street kids hanging out, followed up on that. And I kind of want to try to do the same, even though it's tough right now to physically hang out with people. I feel like I need to do better at just like texting people, seeing how they're doing, try to catch up and just be in contact. It's especially tough right now. Most people trying to stay in quarantine. I remember like sometimes like my friends would get plans done or something. Maybe someone would dip out and maybe it's because they had something important going on or maybe they just didn't feel like going out. Just checking up on them and seeing how, how they're doing. Mine is very similar to Indy's theme. I wrote, help everyone. It's that simple. I think the really big part of this is that conversation between Briar and Rose Thorne that we don't actually get where he's like, I don't want you going here. And she's like, sucks to be you. The fact that she goes every month and takes these medicines and helps at this place. And the fact that Briar calls to her and says, hey, I need you to come down to the sewers because somebody's sick. And she just goes. Briar, I mean, with Briar, yes, there's more of a connection there. But it does not matter who you are if 
you are in trouble, we're going to help you. And I think that comes back again when she says, I try not to kill people who are already sick. For Rose Thorne, that is far more important than anything else. She doesn't give a shit about people's social status or whatever, but she is a person who makes medicines. And so if somebody is sick, that is important to her because part of her life's purpose is caring for the sick in some way or another. Side note, this was one of the ones that was read back when quarantine first started, that special reading that you did, Molly. Nico's like, I know you hate caring for sick people. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I fucking do. I hate this. I don't want to be here. I hate it. I hate it so much. I always love the fact that she doesn't like it. She doesn't like caring for people. People are gross. They do this disgusting thing where they breathe, exist. Humans are disgusting. Regardless of her discomfort, she does go out there once a month to bring what meds they need, kind of look over some of the people who have more dire cases and stuff so she puts aside her own comfort this goes back to i don't like doing this but i do it anyway because it's the right thing to do nobody else gives a shit about these people so why don't i i might be the only person so somebody has to care for these people sorry i interrupted nope that that was basically it like take care of everybody it doesn't matter how rich or poor they are or what their religion or their ethnicity is or what their gender is or whatever the fuck take care of other people i like it and it's very true (laughs) mine is from when sandry is telling briar pick a birthday and he's like okay i'll go ahead and do this i want to be more like briar even if i think that Something that my friend or whoever is telling me, oh, this is important to me, but it's not important to me. Uh, I want to go ahead and just tell them, okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and do this thing for you. Even if I don't care about it, I know it'll make you happy. So I'm going to go ahead and do this thing for you, even though I don't give a fuck about it. Because if I don't care about it, I'll be like, I don't care. I'm not going to do that thing. (laughs) That's stupid. Why would I waste my time with that? And I feel like I need to be more like Briar and just be like, okay, this is important to you. It may not be important to me. So I'll go ahead and do this thing for you. Especially if it's something that probably doesn't take a whole lot of extra effort, like picking a birthday. Like picking a birthday. (laughs) Like, ah, I'll just flip through the calendar that day. Okay, done. You just put a full, like, year calendar set up and you go, Hey, these are the months I don't like. Here's the ones that I do. So, uh, uh, uh that one. <laughs> I'm reminded in the scene of talking about this. It reminds me of the scene from uh, the original, like, Rex Harrison, Dr. Doolittle. Love this movie. Own this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. But there's a scene in which they are on the boat trying to figure out where they they have no plans on where they're going they're just like we're gonna go the woman's like well let me pick them i'm like okay well here's a world atlas um here's a pin pick at random and so she goes like this and she puts a pin in it and she's like it's in the middle of the ocean there's nothing there's literally nothing there and uh 
take out a magnifying glass and there's actually like this really, really tiny island exactly where she put the pin. Mine is actually something that you guys touched on as far as themes. It's that change and everything, but it's talking about going through the sewer and stuff. And he's like, oh, the candle smells different and weird and gross. I know this is how my life used to be, but this this isn't what I do anymore. He hasn't crawled around in the sewers since he's been at Winding Circle. Like, that's not a thing he's had to do in that long. But the line is, was he ever himself anymore and it's that self-reflection and self-change i'm very very stuck in my ways i can change my mind that's fine as far as me as a person kind of what you see is what you get when i was a lot younger i was a lot different i was a lot more angry a lot more antisocial. didn't want to be around people and if people were around me i would be as hateful and rude until they left me alone because I was the weird kid I bounced around from school to school until I was 12 so I was always the new kid (laughs) but looking back even from high school I am such a vastly different person and if I got sent back to that time with the brain I have now but set in that timeline where I'm still a teenager in school. I know things would have gone very, very differently. But if I continued to be that person, I wouldn't be who I am today. Now, granted, the trauma is what made me like that. But, you know, there's that self-reflection and realizing the changes you've made as a person within yourself not even so much of like where you've gone to change the people around you even if you're with the same people the changes you make in yourself are fascinating for lack of a better word everybody is different than they were five years ago and in five years they'll be completely different seven years all of your cells basically have died off and so every seven years you're a new person i like to think of that In far as like changes, I feel like I need to remember my roots more because I kind of try and forget about it because thanks, it's the trauma. (laughs) But kind of remembering where you came from and how much you've grown, even if it's only six months like these kids, it just. So Daja's book is about putting down roots and Briar's book is about remembering roots. Basically, yes. Lots of roots and lots of vines. And one miniature tree. Yeah, sorry, there was that too. This is an excerpt from chapter two of Briar's book. The dog trotted into Briar's room. A moment later, they heard him whimper. Coming to the door of the main room, Little Bear barked sharply. Briar's not coming, Sandry told him, her mouth quivering. Now stop it. I don't see how he can know Briar's not coming back, remarked Daja impatiently. Frightened by the other meaning of what she'd just said, she added hurriedly, not right away. He's not coming back right away. Sandry and Lark made the god circle on their chest. Triss thrust herself away from the table so hard that she knocked over the bench on which she sat. Struggling to pick it up, she cried, It's their own fault. What were they doing mucking about the mire anyway? Everyone knows the poor breed disease. Sandry and Daja held their breath as Lark gazed soberly at Triss, raising her eyebrows. Even Trace knew she had gone too far. 
Her face was beet red with embarrassment and fury, but she met Lark's brown eyes squarely. If they could afford decent places to live and expensive health spells, they would not be poor then, would they? Asked Lark. That made Triss look down. She scuffed her foot along the wooden floor. I know you are upset, Lark continued in that quiet, disappointed tone that made the girls wish they could hide. You four have not spent a night apart since you came to us, and the spinning of your magics has made you closer than siblings. But you must not let distress make you cruel. Rosethorn is there because it is the way of the circle to help all, not just those who can pay. Briar went there because that is the soil in which he grew. Oh, shit. That's only chapter two, and it's already getting... Mm. Yeah. It's getting heavy. Oof. It's getting heavy, and it gets heavy quick. Oof. Before we go, we'd like to read some responses from our social media pages and select the winner of our season three sacred reading kit. This one a lot. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to start off the new year with this quilt? We're starting off the new year with Briar's book. So tell us what you think of bathing for a chance to win it. Critical Bread says, well, I might begrudgingly admit that bathing won't kill you. It is still time that could be better spent barefoot out in the garden or hanging around the kitchen sniffing at whatever is for dinner. Still, a solid 5 out of 10 as far as not killing you goes. Homemade herbal soaps can make it better, right? So I love just how briary that response is. Right? This person was basically like, I am briar. You've got competition. Sci-fi fantasy fan? The question was, want to win our next sacred reading kit? Retweet this with an answer to our question. If the Circle Kids had social media accounts, uh, what would they look like? And Sci-Fi Fantasy Fan said, Sandry would be very Pinterest heavy. Briar would have a plant potion based Insta. Tris would have a super niche Tumblr. And Daja would be the queen of live streams from the Forge. Yeah. Best YouTube channel. Jocelyn Converse responded on Facebook. Tell us how reading the Circle of Magic series has impacted your life. The response was, while Kel was always my hero, it was actually her qualities that she shared with Lark and Rosethorn that I always aspired to be. I saw Kel as who I wanted to be at 18 and Lark as who I wanted to be in my 30s. The emphasis on things like community care and the magic in the little things is so strong in the Winding Circle series, even though I'm only just learning the language for community care in 2020. The seeds were planted years ago, and I'm excited to see these dreams begin to fruit. For Brittany and Goodwin, Kel is a character in Pierce's other series. Awesome that you love Kel, and also good luck with starting community care stuff, because that's badass. It is good stuff. Awesome. Generate. Sci-fi fantasy fan. Yay! Yay! Congratulations! You are the proud owner of a sacred reading kit. (laughs) We will be contacting you soon to get a hold of an address. Yes. So that we can mail things. Yay! I'm so excited. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. 
You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. I came to a realization earlier today. No one will ever love me as much as my cat loves me. And I will never love anybody as much as I love my cat. Thanks. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.